Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live.
together, we purify. We purify ourselves. Now notice here, it doesn't say that God purifies us. Now it does say in a previous verse that God is faithful to forgive us our sin and he cleanses us. But in this verse, us, verse 3, everyone who has his hope fixed on him purifies himself. So Jesus does cleanse us. He does sanctify us. He does forgive us our sins. But we have to do our part. It's just like two people living in a house and one person throwing trash everywhere and keeping everything dirty and the other person trying to keep everything clean. Like the old TV show, what was it, with the two odd couple where the one man lived dirty, the other man lived clean. But how do two walk in agreement, or how does two walk together unless they walk in agreement? So if one person that lives in the house keeps making a mess, the other person has to keep picking up constantly, and you don't want to always be going back every day, forgive me what I've done today. Now, in one sense, yes, every day we should say, Forgive me of any sin I've committed today, sins I know of, sins I don't know of, sins I understand, sins I don't understand, and of sins I might have done I don't know. We should say those prayers. But we don't want to actually know that we did sin today and have to go back and ask forgiveness for the same thing over and over and over. I've done that. I think we've all done that sometime in our lives. But eventually, we've got to get to the point to where we don't have to do that. We don't do that anymore because that not only is he cleansed us, not only is he faithful to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us, but we do our part. We, everybody wants God to do everything, but we've got to do our part to live right. God gets tired of that. He got tired in the Old Testament of them killing the goats. Even though he said, if you sin, do this. If you sin, kill the animal for sacrifice, bring this offering, bring this offering. He said, do this. But he didn't want us to do it every day. He didn't want us to constantly, constantly, constantly be killing all the animals, slaughtering all the animals, and splashing all the blood everywhere. He would much rather for the altar to be clean. And the same as today. He'd much rather for the altar to be clean. So we got to purify ourselves too. God does his part, but we got to do our part. Even as, just as he is pure. Verse 4. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness and sin is lawless. Or King James says, sin is the transgression of the law. So this is the definition of sin, biblical definition, that sin is the transgression of the law. But what law is it talking about? Uh, that you must be circumcised, that you must stone the prostitute, that you must stone the adulteress, that you must stone the homosexual, that you must kill the witch, that you must kill all these people. Uh, and that you must keep the land Sabbath, and that you must do this and all that. No. Not those, what, 600 and some commandments that the Jews keep, but rather 
the Ten Commandments and the Sabbath and the Holy Days, only those was written, only the Ten Commandments was written with God's own finger carved into stone by his very finger. Everything else was added because of transgression. The law of sin is lawlessness. The sin is the transgression of the Ten Commandments. Sin is the transgression of the Ten Commandments, breaking the Sabbath, not keeping the holy days, because the Sabbath is the foundation of all the holy days. Verse 5. You know that he appeared in order to take away sin. Not that we can continue to live in sin, but take away sin. And in him, there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. This is really serious stuff right here. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil. The devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy sin, to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God, are we, are we born of God? Are we born again or not? We should not be practicing sin. Now, yes, sometimes we're going to stumble because we were not walking in the light consistently. We got our eyes off Jesus for a moment, but this should not be so. This is not acceptable. It's not acceptable all the time that I take my eyes off Jesus and sin. It's not acceptable any time that we have sinned. But it's got to get to this point sooner or later. And if we're not at that point by the time of the seventh trumpet, the last trumpet, the catching up, we will not be caught up regardless of how much we keep the Sabbath, regardless of how much we keep the Holy Days, regardless of how many commandments we keep. We will not be caught up for the marriage supper of the Lamb or even turn into spirit at any resurrection or at any time, at any time in the future until we get to this point. Until we get to this point. And it's not impossible. We just got to walk in the light. We just got to look to Jesus more, draw closer more, taking that time to worship, taking that time to pray, taking that time to fast, taking that time to read the scriptures, taking that time to study the scriptures. There's a difference between reading and studying the scriptures. It's good to just read the scriptures, but it's also good to study the scriptures. When you study the scriptures, you're getting deeper in the light. You're going farther closer to him, a deeper presence with God when you study the scriptures. We should sometimes read the scriptures and at other times we should study the scriptures. We got to take time to read and we got to take time to study. Some days it might be only reading. Some days it might be only studying. Some days it might be both. But we got to take time to do one or the other. Um, and we've got to take time to fast, time to, time to pray, time to worship, time to be in thanksgiving. And it's a lifestyle of all these things. Now it says here in verse 9, No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him. Now does that mean 
because I have sinned in this month of August so far. Yes, I have. I confess it right here in front of everyone. Does that mean I'm not born again? No, it don't mean that. Uh, but it does mean that I'm not walking in the light enough, that I've got to get in the light more, and I have not yet attained, and I must eventually obtain. I think we're all pretty much in the same circumstance. Uh, so we've all got to do better. I've got to do better. But no one who is born of God practices sin. That's really talking about a, a lifestyle of sin. What it's really talking about uh, living a lifestyle of sin. We don't live a lifestyle of sin. I do not live a lifestyle of sin. And we should not live a lifestyle of sin. Because his seed abides in him. And he cannot sin once we get to uh, walking in the light. If we're walking in the light 24-7, we cannot sin. If we are walking in the light 24-7, we cannot sin. How can we sin when we're looking at God? How can we sin when our focus is on God? So we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Verse 10, by this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not a God. So we must practice righteousness. Again, this is a lifestyle of righteousness. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not a God, nor the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning. Okay? So now now let's go to the book of Psalms. Book of Psalms, chapter 141. Psalms, chapter Psalm 141, verse 1. O Lord, I call upon you. Hasten to me. Give ear to my voice when I call to you. May my prayer be counted as incense before you. The lifting up of my hands as the evening offering. This is what God wanted from the beginning rather than the blood of goats. This is what he wanted from the beginning. Relationship, worship. The lifting up of my hands as the evening offering. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I believe that's a good prayer. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing. Practice the deeds of wickedness with men who do iniquity. And do not let me eat of their delicacies. Verse 8. For my eyes are towards you, O Lord, the God. Our eyes need to be on Jesus. For our eyes are towards you, O God, the Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not leave me defenseless. 
keep me from the jaws of the trap which they have set for me and from the snares of those who do iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own net while I pass by safely. So the enemy has set snares for us to try to make us fall. There's people and fallen angels both who wants to see us fall. We should not please them. We should not make them happy. We should not satisfy them. But let our prayer be that we won't fall for the temptation. We put our eyes on Jesus. He is our refuge. That he would not leave us defenseless. We're not defenseless. We can fight back against the temptation, against the snares. We are not defenseless. He always makes a way of escape. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. This is a really great chapter. I tried to read the whole chapter. Verse 1, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 1. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, as some, letters of commendation to you or from you? You are our letter, written in our hearts, known and read by all men, being manifested that you are a letter of Christ, cared for by us, writing, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence we have through Christ, Lord God. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider any things as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the latter kills, but the spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death in letters engraved on stone came with glory, so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his face fading as it was, how will the ministry of the spirit fail to be even more with glory? For if the ministry of condemnation has glory. Much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. Amen. Verse 10. For indeed, what had glory in this case has no glory because of the glory that surpasses it. For if that which fades away, talking about the old covenant, was with glory, much more that which remains, the new covenant. And it says to remain a Sabbath observance, a Sabbath rest, Hebrews 4. That still remains. Much more that which remains is in glory. Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech and are not like Moses who used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end 
of what was fading away. But their minds were hardened for until this very day. Amen. To this very day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil, that's the blood of goats, circumcision, uh, land rest, uh, all these old things done away, the unclean meats, all these things, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because uh, it is removed in Christ. After we come to Christ enough, all the old covenant is lifted away. Verse 15. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's something to really think about, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, meaning that you're able to do stuff uninhibited, freely, that there is liberty, that we can plant a garden on any year, that we can eat what we want, as long as it's not sacrificed to idols, because that's clear in the New Covenant that we can't do that. That we can, that we don't have to be circumcised, that we don't have to go to a surgeon in order to obey God, that we don't have to have our flesh ripped apart in order to make it into the kingdom. Verse 18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, so we're looking at God, looking at God. But we all with unveiled face, unveiled meaning able to see Christ rather than the old covenant, able to see Christ, unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory even as from the Lord, the Spirit. So the more we look at Christ, the more we look like him, the more that we appear like him, until eventually we are sin free. Even as he is holy, we are to be holy. Even as he is clean, we are to be clean. Even as he is pure, we are to be pure. Even as he is the Son of God, we are to be the Son of God. Even as he is begotten and born again, we are begotten and born again. Even as he is the first fruit of the first fruit. We cannot be in the fullness of the kingdom until we become Christ-like. That's what it means to be Christian. It's to be Christ-like. It's to have the spirit of Christ, the name of Christ, upon us. Otherwise, we bring shame. Otherwise, we bring shame to his name. Let's look at Psalm 23. Psalm 23. All very familiar with that one. That the Lord is my shepherd.
Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, meaning I shall not have need of any other leader as far as like God. We've got to have leaders, apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Those things are written in the scriptures. But we have no need of any other God, whether it be money, cars, careers, no other God, no more idols, no more Elvis Presley idol, no more Dolly Parton idol. The Lord is my shepherd. I have no need of any other God, any other idol. And God is sufficient for me. He is my joy, my refuge, my high tower. He is all things to me, my legal counselor. He, I shall not want, be in need of any of these other things. Verse 2, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. That's rest. That is rest. He leaves me beside quiet waters. That's peace. Quiet waters. That's peace. He restored my soul. That's reconciliation to the Father. He restored my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness so that we won't stumble, keeping us straight where we can walk without sin. If our eyes are on the shepherd, if we are following the shepherd, if we are following his rod and his staff, we follow in his direction, his guidance. We're looking to the lighthouse. We're looking to the shepherd. He's guiding us in the path of righteousness, not in the path of sin, but in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. For his name's sake means two or three things. It means for children is his namesake. For us, for his inheritance, for we are his namesake. We take his name. We are his children. So it's saying in one sense, for us, for our sake, for the, for the sake of the family name, for the name's sake. And then also that we're not bringing shame to the name of Christ, not bringing shame to the name of Jesus. Verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, we'll know that he's with us. And we won't fear no man. We won't fear evil because creator of heaven and earth is with us. The power of the resurrection, the power of the kingdom, the heavenly father, power above all powers, dominion above all dominions is with us. We have no need of fear. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me because they guide us and direct us. Verse 5, you prepare a table. Before me in the presence of my enemies, that we have manna from heaven. He is the bread from heaven, that we have spiritual food in the presence of my enemies. And even, even during the great tribulation, that he would prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, anointing that we are the anointed of the Lord, that, that empowers us, that strengthens us, if we are anointed in our head with oil by God himself. He, Jesus, our Messiah, our King, our High Priest, anoint us, our head with oil. We are strengthened and we are empowered, healed, delivered, made whole. My cup overflows. 
spiritually speaking, not promising riches, but promising many blessings spiritually, revelations, end-time revelations, understanding of the Word of God, the truth, our cup overflowing with truth and spiritual blessings. Verse 6, Surely goodness and love and kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, being a member of his household, a member of his family, close to him, living with him, living in his house, seeing him every day, talking to him every day. When you dwell in somebody's house, if you're residing in somebody's house, you see them and hear them and talk to them every day in his house forever. Amen. Look at Psalm 121. Psalm says here that this is a song of ascent, which means they would sing this whenever at the three pilgrimages a year, uh, Passover, Pentecost, and Feast of Tabernacles. They would sing this whenever they'd go up for the uh, three pilgrimages, Passover, Pentecost, and Feast of Tabernacles. In any words, you see a song of ascent is what that means. They would sing that three times a year. I will lift up my eyes to the mountain from which shall come, shall my help come. My help comes from the Lord. So they're lifting their eyes up to the Lord. He made heaven and earth. That's Jesus, according to the book of John and 1 John. He made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So even if it's 3 o'clock in the morning, God will keep us from sinning if we look to him. He's awake. Verse 5, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard you going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forever. Now, this don't mean you won't ever die. Notice here, verse 7, the Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul, not your flesh. You're not guaranteed to not ever die. The Lord will guard you going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let's look at one more place. Book of Psalms, chapter 27. Psalms chapter 27. I used to read this chapter uh, every time before when I used to walk the highways with the sign. I would read this chapter before I 
before I get out there on the highway. Song 27. Song of David. Not all the book of Psalms is written by David, but this one was. Verse 1, the Lord is my light. We read in the book of John and 1 John, how he is the light. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Margin for defense, there's this refuge of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host would camp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war rise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing I've asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell, live with, reside in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I'll never turn back, that I'll never backslide. To behold to see, to behold means to see God, the beauty of the Lord. We need to put our eyes on Jesus, the beauty of the Lord, and to meditate, take time, to take time, to slow down, to stop, to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, which is coming, for in the day of trouble, he will hide me. He will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices, blood and goats, no, with shout of joy. We need to take time to worship and to pray. Those are our sacrifices, our prayers, and our worship with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your faith. O oh Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me, O oh God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O oh Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We've got to look and see that vision of the resurrection. We've got to look and see Jesus in the kingdom, we must have that vision to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 14, wait for the Lord. 
and be strong and let your heart take courage. Remember John 14, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. Verse 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Brethren, we ain't got much longer to wait. It's going to be the hardest time yet through that three and a half years of tribulation. But we got to press through the crowd, press through the darkness, press through all the hindrances, all the burdens, all the trials, all the tribulations. Put our eyes on Jesus. Seek to touch him. Seek his feet and his face. Seek the wholeness of Christ and the fullness of Christ. Put our eyes upon him. Take time every day to worship, to praise. Let not our hearts be troubled. Let us not be burdensome like Martha, but be rejoicing and take that time to rejoice in order to let all the burdens fly off from us if we just take time to worship and to praise and live a lifestyle of thanksgiving, a lifestyle of praise, a lifestyle of worship. Look to the light. You will find that you will sin less and less and less and less until you no longer sin at all. It will come. I am confident, I am faithful that every person listening to the sound of my voice, both here in person and on the Internet, will become without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, holy unto the Lord, that you may be called a holy people, a kingdom, a priest to God, holy unto the Lord, pure. It may not be by the first resurrection for some of us, but I am confident and I am faithful that by the eighth day, by the last day, by the new heavens and new earth, by the time it comes to the last great day of the feast, when all things are done and it is done and it is finished, that the blood of Christ will be effective to cleanse us, purify us, and I'm faithful that we'll be ready by the time it's all said and done. Let that be our prayer and our plea. And let us move forward and press through for that day. Put your eyes on the finish line. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Say one more thing, and that is, putting our eyes on Jesus, Pressing forward, ways you can do that, like I've already said, praise, prayer, reading the Bible, studying the Bible, and fasting. Also, coming to services, reading the newsletters, reading the website, doing the work of the kingdom, hanging out flyers, cutting out signs, anything we can do for the kingdom of God. As we spend time working for God, that puts our mind, our focus, our time upon him, puts our eyes upon him to do the work of the kingdom. Reading the newsletters, I encourage people to, I, I try to put out a newsletter every day. Sometimes it's only two or three headlines, but I try to put out a newsletter every day. I encourage people to check it out every day or every other day. And I know that sometimes, Constantly reading about war, about invasion, about great tribulation, about judgment, about Obama, about uh, son of perdition. I know that can weigh you down over time. 
It lays me down to talk about it constantly. But it is the calling of this work, of this ministry, and of this congregation to be talking about those things because it all points to Christ eventually. And it all is going to glorify God once those prophecies are fulfilled. And all of these things coming to pass in the news right now is all pointing to the return of Jesus Christ, the destruction of Satan's kingdom. But when we read the newsletter, we're spending time in the work of the kingdom. When we read the newsletter, we're informing ourselves, educating ourselves about what's going on out there and why it's going on and how that points to the Bible prophecy being fulfilled. The newsletter purpose is to wake people up to realize what time it is, to realize the Bible's being fulfilled in front of our eyes, and to encourage people to live right. Because when we see these things coming to pass, we know our redemption is drawing near, so it, it provokes us to live right. It provokes us to live cleaner, to put our eyes on Jesus, to get right, because that we see all this happening in the news. So that's the point of the newsletter, is to educate us and wake us up about what time it is, meaning that we got to get right. And we got to put our eyes on Jesus. And uh, it helps us to understand scriptures better. Uh, because we're seeing the scriptures being fulfilled. It helps us to understand what the truth is because we see the fulfillment of things. I encourage people to visit the website, isawthelightministries.com, and to spend time there on the website. The point of the website is to point you to Jesus. The point of the website is to point you to the scriptures. But I encourage people to spend time there. There's all kinds of articles, over 100 articles. I got more articles that I need to write. And all kinds of different things that I need to do and all kinds of different things I'm going to do. Um, so these things are pointing to Christ. So I encourage people to read the website. Uh, and listen to the radio broadcasts. Tomorrow, first day of the week, Sunday, August the 9th, they're going to have two broadcasts again in Detroit. Your normal broadcast time is 11.30 in the morning uh, because they messed up again last week at 3.30 in the afternoon. They were supposed to make an announcement and say that the normal broadcast time is 11.30 in the morning so that people that's listening at 3.30 would know to listen in the morning, but they didn't make that announcement like they had was opposed to, and they still didn't play the opening and the closing. So they've agreed to broadcast tomorrow's broadcast both morning and afternoon again and to do it right this time. And also, I went ahead and made my own opening and closing and made the opening and the message and the closing all on one audio file and burned that one to a CD and mailed it to them. That's where I'm going to do it on now on for both Detroit and Cincinnati. So that way I don't have to worry about whether or not they're going to play the opening and closing. 
I, I made my own opening and closing and put it all together on just one sound file. So it, as long as they put it on at the right time, at least I know the whooping and closing is will automatically be included from now on since it's all in one sound. Tomorrow, 11.30 in the morning, 3.30 in the afternoon for the broadcast in Detroit. And it's going to be talking about no temple, that there's going to be no Jewish temple built. That's what it's going to be talking about tomorrow. Um... So we'll conclude this broadcast. I, I, I thank anybody that may be listening, and especially if you had already been listening and came back. Sorry for the interruption, and uh, thank you for your patience and understanding. And uh, we're here for this broadcast every Saturday at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And then we also have the Cincinnati on Wednesdays, 11.30 in the morning, Cincinnati, Ohio radio station. All these broadcasts are available online. And if you if you don't get to listen at that exact time, you can listen 24-7 to any, all these different broadcasts that I'm talking about, including this one. All this is available in the archive. We're going to uh, have a little dinner or supper, whatever you call it here. We're going to have a card fellowship. Uh, and pray for people. We're going to have questions and answers. And anybody that may be listening or will be listening later, if you want to come and have services with us, anywhere in East Tennessee, uh, as far as like if you're in Johnson City, if you're in Greenville, if you're in Newport, if you're in Morristown, I'm sure that if you really and truly want to seek the truth, and want to come and be with us for worship services uh, on the Sabbath day, Saturday, the seventh day. We will be glad to meet with you if you sincerely seek to be in fellowship with the truth. We thank you for listening today, and until next time, may God bless you in amazing ways. All this in Jesus' name. Amen.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.